Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. Have you ever heard of a professional football team in the NFL, or at least the precursor of the APFA called the Chicago Tigers? Well, we have, and we have some information on this team that's maybe lost to history, and we're here to share it with you coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And we love football history, and we love professional football history. Love going back into the early roots of the game and how professional players were were tied into it. So this edition is going to cover one of the 14 original APFA teams, a team by the name of the Chicago Tigers. We'll get into them in just a moment. But before we do, I just want to make sure that you know that we have an emailed newsletter each and every day around 6.30 a.m. Eastern. You can find out what's going on from Pigpen Sports, uh, pigskindispatch.com, jerseydispatch.com. Both the podcasts that relate to those, including this one, uh, the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, and our audio drama that we do with Oz Davis of uh, number 80 productions Orville Mulligan sports writer and you can do it very simply go to the show notes of this very podcast go to email subscriber or go to pigskindispatch.com front page of uh, you know email subscription fill out two pieces of information and voila you are in and tomorrow morning at 6 30 a.m you will start getting that great newsletter with some great photos and great insight and we're building on it each and every day and i think you're really going to enjoy it for some great sports history early in your day now the chicago tigers football history they're considered to be one of the 14 original uh and teams in the american professional football association apfa in 1920 and they were the Chicago Tigers franchise. Now, they were a one-and-done franchise, so there's not a lot of information on them. Heck, many folks don't even realize that they ever existed in what would become the NFL. Now, the Tigers team was not officially or formally a member of the American Professional Football Association. However, the Tigers played enough games against APFA members in 1920 that they're generally included in the league's standings, one of those sort of affiliate members. So it is basically a, a guilty by association type of entry in the league annals. But their interaction helps to spell out early National Football League history. The Tigers owner was a man by the name of Gil Falcon, and he also played and acted as their coach and general manager. 
The Falcons spent a total of six seasons from 1920 to 1925 in the National Football League with the Akron Pros, Canton Bulldogs, Hammond Pros, Rochester Jeffersons, uh, the, and the Toledo Maroons in addition to this first year with his own team, the Chicago Tigers. Now, Gil also served as a player coach during his time with the Toledo Maroons, much like he did with this Tigers team in 1920. Now, let's face it. The Tigers were in a competitive market in the Windy City. The Racine Cardinals were in place in the city, but others, uh, such as the Decatur Staley's and the Hammond Pros, and uh, some independent teams like the Thorn Tornadoes, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, were in the area as well. And we know the following season that the Staley's would, would play in Chicago, and in 1922, they would become the Chicago Bears. We'll get back to more of that in just a moment. But the Tigers team was the first professional program at the professional level to play at Cubs Park, which would later become known and is known as today as Wrigley Field. Legend has it that Chris O'Brien, uh, the and this is a, a mythical legend. We don't know if it holds much water, but it's a story all the same. Uh, Chris O'Brien, the owner of the Chicago Cardinals, felt there was a room in Chicago for only one pro football team, so he challenged the Tigers to a game. Uh, that winner would remain and the loser would need to leave or fold or you know, do whatever but not be in Chicago anymore as a team. Now, we don't think that that uh, whole legend holds a whole lot of water. And there's a few reasons here that uh, some experts bring up. First of all, our friend Joe Ziemba, in his great book, When Football Was Football, The Chicago Cardinals and the Birth of the NFL, doesn't imply this at all. Now, Joe is probably the foremost uh, expert on Chicago Cardinals history. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make that statement. He is. He's wrote multiple books, has a podcast on it. When Football's Football, make sure you check that out on Sports Histories Network. But Joe's research spells out a scene where O'Brien was unsure if his somewhat knee-jerk and uh, quick uh, joining of the APFA was a, even a good choice. Uh, he didn't know if he could financially have the wherewithal to support a professional football venture uh, with his Racine Cardinals team. That is, however, until a big crowd, which was estimated to be about 10,000 by the Chicago Herald Examiner in Joe's book, in the meeting of the Tigers of Chicago and the Cardinals and what the papers touted as the Chicago title game for football. Otherwise, that changed the Cardinal owner's mind as Joe says, quote, persuaded him to completely submerge himself in pro football, end quote. Now, the Cardinals end up winning that tilt on November 7th in a close one by the score of 6-3. The Tigers scored first on a 27-yard drop kick. Uh, Patty Driscoll scored the game's only touchdown on a 40-yard run to make that score of 6-3. Eventually, the, the Tigers' 11s did disband, becoming the first NFL APFA to fold. But like some others have said, you know, they did play two more games after that Cardinals game. So that's the other thing that sort of discredits that O'Brien's ultimatum uh, game theory. Uh, and they were against uh, APFA members after losing to the Cardinals. Now, a theory posed by the website American Football Fandom suggests that uh, maybe there's a different demise to the uh, Chicago Tigers. They suggest that in a theory that George Hallis wanted to move the Decatur Staley's to Chicago. We know that's true because he ended up doing that. However, the town was crowded by the com competition of the Tigers and the Cardinals. Also true. It would be a real uphill climb to have that Decatur team come in with already two established teams there. Thus, he may have challenged 
Gill Falcon to the same winner-take-all duel which would take place on Thanksgiving Day. And this game would determine who would share the league's franchise rights to the city with the Cardinals. While we know that the game actually was played on Thanksgiving Day uh, between these two teams, and the fact is that the Staleys won the slugfest by the score of 6 to nothing, and the Chicago Tigers dropped out of the league soon afterward. Uh, the final game of the Tigers was a game against the Independent Thorn Tornadoes uh, a few days after the uh, game with the Staleys. Now, against the APFA opponents, the Tigers were 1-5-1. and Their lone victory, a 12-0 shutout of the Detroit Heralds. Uh, little's recorded about the franchise's players, but we do know, according to the book, Pro Football in the Days of Rockney, uh, the Tigers' main offensive weapon was its passing game. The archive refers to the passes thrown by Johnny Barrett and Milt Gee to the likes of Jack Mager and Oscar Knopp, some uh, great names in history. But little is written in the newspapers, if at all, in the days leading up to the game against Thorne. Could that have been the other win recorded on their final record? You know, we know the APFA had them as 1-5-1, but their overall records recorded as 2-5-1. And And also, who did they end up tying in the APFA? Well, these may be lost forever. Uh, They're questions that lost the time. But have... If you have any other information on who this may be uh, or anything else on the Chicago Tigers, please send it to us at pigskindispatch at gmail.com and we will certainly make record of it here with this uh, attempt to preserve football history on the Chicago Tigers. And we would definitely appreciate it uh, that and with any sources that you may have uh, for, for knowing such information, a newspaper article or a book or something else. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear about it. So as uh, you know, we always say, uh, we'd love to have you you're listening to our history. We hope you're enjoying these programs and uh, recording this history. And uh, hope that you'll, you'll join us on pigskindispatch.com or more of our Pigskin Dispatch podcasts or our Jersey Dispatch podcasts. Also, go to sportshistorynetwork.com for some. We have about 30 other podcasters in addition to the, these two podcasts I just mentioned and with our Orville Mulligan sports writer, which is also there at sportshistorynetwork.com. But these other podcasters are experts in their fields as well they uh, talk uh, you know Joe Ziemba we told you is one of those podcasters and they have talks and chats all the time uh, recorded for 24 hours a day uh, seven days a week 365 days a year you can download as many as you'd like there's thousands of hours there sportshistorynetwork.com and I think you'll get some great enjoyment out of that now till tomorrow everybody have a great great iron day Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. 
Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.